Hello and welcome back to Mum Talk. So, with it being Christmas this week, Merry Merry Christmas, we wanted to re-release a podcast episode which I recorded last Christmas, Christmas 2021, as it is so, so relevant. Christmas comes around every year and we need these things in our toolbox every year. So if you don't know what I'm talking about and you haven't yet listened to this podcast, this is why we are re-releasing it this Christmas. I am joined by Anna Martha, psychotherapist, author, bestseller, writer, podcaster, mother, and Anna joins me to equip and prepare us with personal tools to avoid overwhelm and burnout over the Christmas period. A lot is demanded of us over the next few days, so this is an absolute must listen. I hope you enjoy it. Have a very Merry Christmas. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome on. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Um, So you are here today to just discuss a little bit, if that's okay with you, of how we can go about approaching the Christmas period without, as you know, being mums and parents, without facing burnout and complete overwhelm. Like I just mentioned to you, I'm already feeling the stress rising. We've We've kept it small mainly because my sister and her new husband are actually going to his parents this Christmas. Um, So I have, not sure if I've made the right choice here, but I have decided to do Christmas here because I felt like it was less stressful doing Christmas lunch and having my mum and her partner here than trying to pack up both kids, go down to my mum's, travel, have naps. My little one's only six months old, so he's not sleeping at all. Um, And I felt it was less stressful to do it that way, but I feel like I'm slightly regretting that. (laughs) Um, But perhaps you'd be able to help us to, and equip us, I guess, with some um, tools to put in our personal toolkit so we don't completely boil over. Yep. Yeah, so we don't boil over like the sprouts. Exactly. I, I think I think the, the challenge is is that because of the last two years, we we're starting off, you know, most people that I speak to, myself included, we're starting off from a place of burnout already. Mm. Like we're already feeling overwhelmed. We've already had to kind of just spend so much of ourselves trying to keep everyone on a on a vaguely even keel as there has been so much uncertainty in our, in our lives, you know, that takes so much from us. Mm. So, you know, no wonder people are looking ahead at Christmas and thinking, oh, I just, yeah, I, you know, the, the anxiety and the stress is rising because our base level, I think, is depleted. Mm. I think most of us are feeling like we're on the floor before we've even thought about what we're feeding people mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. So I think ultimately to start with compassion for yourself. I think you know, that's the best place to start is it's hard because it's hard. You know, it's hard not because you're failing, not because you're weak, not because you're not organized or prepared enough or, you know, thoughtful enough. It's hard because you're spent mm-hmm. before you've even got to spend. And we spend a lot of Christmas, don't we? We spend emotionally, mentally, time-wise, financially. So looking forward to this period of of giving of ourselves it's understandable that our shoulders are tensing (laughs) and Michael Buble isn't inciting the normal kind of fizz of magic that sounds dodgy but you know what I think Christmas is stressful isn't it it is it is 
I put Christmas music on the other day and I actually turned it off because I just felt like I can't, I, I can't, I haven't got any, um, any space for that music in my head. And I'm quite audio uh, sensitive. And actually I, I post, I reposted a post of yours on Instagram the other day where um, I think it was a, I don't know what it is, an, an ear doctor. It was my, <laughs> my, my ear surgeon, Joe, my friend. Yeah. The cognitive overload. Yes. Yeah. And it really is. And I, you know, with my husband, my toddler, my uh, six month old, my own thoughts, which I'm so engrossed in at the moment, I feel I have no spare capacity for Christmas music. I, <laughs> which I is hear really you. sad. It, it is. But I think, you know, often when we feel irritable, when something irritates us, we're very quick to point the finger at ourselves and say, oh, for goodness sake, be more tolerant you know, stop being so uptight, chill out. When actually, I think that irritation that we feel, we need to start seeing that as a little flag of overload. And what what my uh, my friend who's near surgeon was saying, and he, he'd seen me, he watches my stories every now and again, he'd seen me talk about noise. You know, even sometimes the happy noises of my kids, even when they're happy, mm. you know, sometimes I'm like, gosh, just be, I can't deal with it. I want to put my hands over my ears. I literally now sometimes wear earplugs to enable me to stay in the room. And that used to make me feel so guilty. And I would shame myself being like, for goodness sake, Anna, you can't, what is wrong with you? When actually what, what Joe, my friend was saying was, he was saying, we have, we, we are always processing stuff. So our minds are having to process, our bodies are having to process, energy, emotion is energy. So when we're, when we're seeing, we're processing, we're hearing, we're thinking, we're organizing, we're carrying the emotions of our children so often, aren't we? You know, every time they kick off and I'm like, right, I'm going to be calm and I'm going to be patient because that generally works better than when I lose my call, which don't get me wrong, I definitely do. But when we do that, we're choosing to absorb that emotion. We're like being that sponge. So we take that emotion in, we take it almost from them, and then we give them something to help ground them. That costs us. You know, we're taking stuff in all the time. And I think over the last couple of years, we haven't had as many opportunities to then release that elsewhere, Mm. you know? And I think then we get out the habit of that. So the things that used to help, maybe it was the run, stomp through the fields, the chat with a friend, you know, the social stuff. I don't know about you, but I'm out of the habit of that. Mm. I even forget sometimes that, oh, I can have a play date at my house, mm-hmm. you know? And so all those opportunities to release this stuff that we just take on board all the time, we're either not taking them, we haven't got time for them, we've deprioritized them. So yeah, we... we our brains are going no more when the music's on. Our brains go no more when the kids are playing. Our brains go no more when we're thinking about Christmas and the the sun, you know, that at the lunch, our brain is going, no, I can't, I can't. And it's not failure. It's it's science. Mm. You know, we need to go gentle on ourselves, and often we just berate ourselves for being irritable and grumpy and we can't manage it. No, and it's no, it's it's no surprise really that we when everything does get too much, we feel this level of, of, I think you called it rage almost, that just bubbles up and bubbles up and bubbles up when everything gets too much. I mean, I shared with you my carbonara experience where I literally slopped. It's actually a really funny story and I haven't told it on the podcast yet, but essentially my husband 
with a six-month-old and a three-year-old, asked me to make a proper Italian carbonara. He's French, he likes his food. So got all of the ingredients together, started making it as per the video that he sent me. So I was making it. He comes over, starts watching over my shoulder, which is also really great, isn't it? So he was watching over my shoulder and saying, no, you're doing it wrong. That's not what the video said. I was like, trust me, I've been through the video. I have written it all down, step by step, what I'm meant to be doing. Turns out he'd sent me the wrong video. (laughs) So he was telling me all of the stuff that I was doing wrong. Eventually I lost it, slopped this carbonara on his and my daughter's plate, went upstairs, took a cold shower because I just thought this is, this is going to, I'm going to implode. I'm absolutely going to implode. He comes up two seconds later saying, what kind of an example do you think you're setting our daughter for not sitting at the table with me, with us? And I was just like, are you joking? Are you actually joking? And then when I calmed down and went downstairs, said, right, can we just look at the video together? Because I don't think we're talking about the same video. And he'd sent the wrong video. But it's just little things like, well, I mean, that's quite an annoying Oh, gosh, I'm, thing, I'm there thinking, I, I thought you were going to say you, you you slopped it on his head because that's definitely what I would have done. <laughs> I mean, like, you can go you can go to Sainsbury's ready, ready-made <laughs> section and you can get your carbonara there and get one for me as well. I mean, you're... <laughs> You have a lot more grace than uh, than I would have had, I think, in that situation. But yes, that rage, it's that. And I think in that moment, you know, there's that sense also of feeling quite misunderstood. Yes. Of the cost of you doing that. Mm. You know, the cost of even having the energy to write, to watch the video, write the notes down, buy the ingredients, stand there, you're tired. You know, and I think sometimes that's it. It's about it's about everything that has to get put down, put away, put mm. put inside so that you can keep calm and carry on. Mm. It's got to come out. It does. It does. And it's going to come out with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is going to come out. And it's those, you know, I see that happening. Well, first of all, I feel like it should be normalized, right? Because when that happens and when I do start myself really bubbling up, especially around my children, And, you know, with having a friend, he's half French, half German, so he's not a great communicator. And things do get lost in translation between my husband and I. And I do feel that bubbling up sensation of rage. And I don't want it to happen on Christmas Day. However, it's so normal. And I think, you know, hasn't lockdown almost given us this new sense Mm. of rage almost because we've been in each other's company for such a long time we've been in our own thoughts for such a long time we've really taken so much overload of noise and children and we've we've been battered almost haven't we by all of this um and like you say it's got to come out and it's having the tools to I don't know I guess step away and not lose it in front of the Mm. children because that's what yeah. I'm so conscious about doing is losing it in front of children and family on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, you know, there are different kinds of explosions, aren't there? There are like the controlled explosions where you actually feel like you have a choice as to where that comes out. You know, mm. you're, you catch it at that moment. You're like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to stop there. I just, I need to go for a walk. So you're acknowledging what need, and it might be that actually I need, I need to feel heard right now. So I'm going to I'm not you you're not hearing me in a way that I need to be so I'm going to call a friend I'm just going to go out 15 minutes and you know that there you you have that decision to make and sometimes we we've gone beyond that haven't we and the carbonara gets <laughs> sploshed on someone's head or their plate or 
But I think there's another way, and this is the this is what I really encourage and what I'm always trying to put in place in my life, and it does work. It's it's kind of the preemptive, it's the releasing of the pressure valve. In and this is this is where it's challenging, I think, because so many often it comes down to it comes down to when I when I do coaching with with mums, I often say, What are three things that you need? Now, the first response is normally to to tear up because we're so out of practice. We're so focused on everyone else's needs that often we don't even know what ours are mm. and that we don't necessarily have words for them or we haven't even thought about it or just being asked that question in a way that is caring is so far removed from how we tend to ourselves that it's, you know, it's almost painful to think about. But then what normally comes up is rest and space. And there's something else often around kind of support and feeling heard. So rest and space. We know that these are things that we need more of. Mm. A, they're hard to get. B, we have to so often fight feelings of guilt that are completely, you know, they're not, they're unjustified. I think we, we don't value these things enough. We see them as indulgent when actually rest and space are the currency of parenting. You know, if we want to be in our in our minds and not throw in the pasta, if we want to be in have enough clarity in that moment to think, you know what, I need, I need to get out. I need to go upstairs. I need to do some what whatever it is that you need. You know, you need energy to be able to even go through that process. Otherwise it all just comes out sideways. So how can we start to value rest and space and address the guilt that often comes with that enough? so that we can be topping ourselves up so that it doesn't all just spill out. Mm. So we're releasing that little pressure valve along the way and respecting our needs enough so that it doesn't just spill out. Mm. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's, that's, you know, I notice in my life when I, I was ill for a couple of weeks and uh, one of my big things is exercise. You know, only like five, 10 minutes, just a bit of yoga, whatever, anything, just movement. It's like that physical release. And I didn't work out for a couple of weeks. And, you know, I really felt that in the irritability and the lack of patience and the resentment, you know, all of that was just bubbling up because my needs that I couldn't fulfill them. You know, and it's, it is, it's almost like a science, like we absorb, therefore we need to restore we need to find ways to restore ourselves a little bit to give ourselves something back otherwise of course we're going to burn out of course we're going to throw the pasta <laughs> of course we are because mm. we're quite we're chronically neglecting ourselves in pursuit of loving everyone else and then I don't end up loving my family well mm. I remember saying to my therapist um in one of the lockdowns I was like it's it's like my parenting depends on me going out for a walk and she said yeah that's because it does Anna and it was like this massive light bulb moment in my life where I'd seen self-care as like this kind of slightly cheesy thing like oh I'll go have a bath I'll do a little face mask oh yeah I feel better now but it was so tinged with guilt um until I started to realize actually it completely transforms my understanding of my worth Therefore, I'm more accepting of the good things in my life, more able to enjoy them without that kind of that thing of, oh, if you really knew 
what I thought, what I was like, what what I was, what what was going on behind the scenes in my mind. Sometimes, you know, the more I value myself enough to have that heard, to meet that need, the more I'm able to enjoy the love of my kids, mm. enjoy the good things in my life, take those opportunities for rest, and I'm a better mum for that. Mm. I'm, I used to think I I was a better mum for not doing those things because it meant I was more focused on my kids their needs are more important but they need they need my needs to be important to me very very important almost more important yeah I mean I (laughs) I feel quite ashamed to say this but I am a yoga teacher alongside this podcast as that's what I've been doing for years and years many many years um I have not practiced yoga for probably a year really? the, the physical side of yoga I feel like yoga as a whole I'm practicing every single day <laughs> but the physical side of yoga where I can slightly get out of my own head and mm. put all of it into the asana into the into the physical movement because you know my I had my baby boy almost seven months ago I have a three-year-old toddler and a husband who's been home because he's an airline pilot. So he's been home pretty much for the last year and a half, two years, and he's only really starting to get back into work. So I've had a a fair few needs from other people to have, you know, to meet. And it's finding the time and the space and making the time and the space, I guess, to actually think, right, I'm going to do something for myself. I'm going to clear my head. I'm going to practice yoga. I'm going to re-energize my batteries charge myself up so I can do what I need to do for everybody else and be there because at the moment I just feel like I'm failing on every single level of motherhood whether it be barking at my toddler because my baby is because Elwood is um crying or can't settle he's not a sleeper he's only ever slept in the daytime for like 35 minutes at a time so Mm. As much as I'd like to think, you know what, I'm going to get up. And so many times I've tried and thought, I'm going to get up at 5, 5.30. And I feel like a lot of mums or mums maybe in the newborn stage or even even not, um, depending on their children. But I think I'm going to get up at 5.30. I'm going to do 20 minutes yoga and I'm going to take my shower and then I'm going to sleep. But that's just not doable. When Elwood is waking no. every hour or every two hours through the night, I can barely pull myself out of bed mm. when he wakes up at of course, you know, of course. seven o'clock. So trying to find that that time to focus on myself for a minute has been tricky. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I think how can, you know, how, first of all, I'd, I if you if I was coaching you I would want to know you know beyond Sorry, this the, is turning into beyond like the barriers oh no but these are but this is a this is a conflict I did a, I released a little 10 minute podcast episode yesterday on five ways to get rest when you can't mm. you know it was looking at how else can we get rest because yeah you know people say you need to slow down you need to like let go of some stuff you need to you know just you need to go to bed early and you're like oh my gosh yes I know but I, I literally can't. If you looked at my diary, if you saw the way my kids were sometimes, you, I can't. And, you know, I think I'd be interested in what are the, what, what might the emotional barriers be around not doing that? And then also how creative can you be in fitting that in? And I remember when I had um, Florence and she was a little baby and she used to wait, you know, if I was awake after six, I'd just be like, I'm awake now. The kids, the boys are going to get up. 
And I used to go downstairs and I used to put her in one of those swingy things. She was next to me. And then I just used to do some yoga and it wasn't, it wasn't the same. Like it's not the same, but it's something and something is always better than nothing. So I think often we go into it thinking, well, I need to do my 20 minutes and then I want to do this and then I'm going to do meditation. But actually, if we can strip that back to the bare minimum of like, I'm going to do five minutes, you know, I'm going to put my yoga stuff on in in the morning and I'm going to grab what I can, I'll shower in the evening. Mm. You know, I'm fine, you know, strip it back. So to such a small thing that it's almost, I mean, you'd be making excuses not to do it. Mm. I put the TV on, you know, don't be afraid to use the tools available to you to get what you need. Mm. Put the TV on, hand, you know, dish out the the iPad, you know, dish out the snacks. And my kids know now that mummy is doing yoga and I'll do 10 minutes. And yeah, someone might interrupt me and then they might have a fight and I might have to pause. And but that's okay. It's it's better than it's better than nothing. Mm. And I'm giving them something in doing that. Mm. It's a gift. I'm gifting them. Mm. Yeah. When I'm doing that. Then I feel this guilt that I, this sounds ridiculous, but I feel this. No, guilt it doesn't. It almost... doesn't. We need to talk about this. It's important because <laughs> so many people will be like, yeah, Anna, I know, but I feel this yeah. guilt and this is my barrier. But it's not just my <clears throat> guilt from my children because I feel like, you know, they're young enough and actually Amandine loves yoga. So she would probably be doing her downward dog next to me on the yoga mat or something. And I can just have Elwood on the floor. But it's my husband because he's at home it's him almost looking at me thinking well hasn't she got something better to do because I don't I don't think he quite understands how many directions as a mother I'm being pulled when in behind his eyes not going to work this is my passion and so not work and he's kind of he's thinking well shouldn't she shouldn't shouldn't she be tidying doing laundry doing something you know he's 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 very French (laughs) and I'm sure I'm not the only one who has a husband who perhaps thinks like that and doesn't you know necessarily think that motherhood takes over everything because it does it just it you're being pulled in so many directions and I can just you know if I if I'm doing something for myself taking five minutes to myself I can just feel that guilt that's probably just in my head but I feel like it's coming from him. Do you know mm. what I mean? I'm, I'm not yeah. articulating this very no, well. No, you're not. All. No, you're articulating it perfectly. I think number one is the stories that we tell. So as you just said, you know, it's the guilt that you feel, at least you think you feel. Like, is there a conversation to be had there of, you know, that day I threw the pasta on your plate, not on your head, like Hannah would have done, <laughs> but that was because I was feeling utterly burnt out and I was feeling really frustrated and I feel like I'm carrying so much and I don't know sometimes if you're aware of what it feels like to be me and how much stuff I have in my head and maybe literally just getting a massive piece of paper and just writing it all down you know just putting it on there and being like look this is what's going on you know this medication I need to do this I need to do that wash I need to add that to the shop I need to just so that he can have this kind of visual representation almost of quite what's in your head and then and then maybe tell him some of these stories that you that you believe and it might be it might be true it might be that you say look if I was to do 10 minutes of yoga 
I feel like you would be thinking she should be tidying up. She should be, you know, is that true? And if so, can we talk about that? Because actually that, that assumption is stopping me from doing things that I feel like will, will almost certainly prevent the pastor moments. Mm. If, if we can start incorporating and respecting that I am not a limitless outlet, that actually it's very, it's very costly. It's going against the science. So if you know the more you give, the more you need. That is science. He flies planes. The further he's going to go, the more fuel he needs. He knows that. He's very aware of that. But it's it's a simple science and it and it it translates to you. Mm. You know, and I think it's having That's that so conversation and, and and maybe even just doing a little experiment and saying, right, I'm going to do an experiment. So for the next month, I we are going to prioritize me doing 15 minutes of yoga a day. And I'm also going to go out on a on one quick walk, maybe with a buggy, maybe, you know, just one I'm getting out each day, you know, whatever it might be for you. And then saying, let's conduct this experiment. Let's prioritize this for a month and see if it changes stuff. And as soon as he can also start connecting along with you, the value, the utter value of these things, that these things produce patience these things produce the ability to cope in those moments that just feel utterly suffocating mm. because you're not empty you're not on the floor mm. you know and I, and I think my husband really has started to see the value so much so that he'll sometimes be like Anna for the love of God will you just go and do some yoga or something because mm. he is sensing the repercussions of me not acknowledging or have, being able to or having choosing to meet my needs this is all important in the run-up to Christmas all of this stuff having these conversations saying I want to have yeah. you know your joy your joy is valuable too we yeah. spend so much time facilitating situations for other people to enjoy you're you have the same worth as them mm. if something's going to be stressful for you it's going to change the vibe for them so mm. in doing stuff that gives you more joy Everyone will be happy. Mm. Uh. <laughs> Especially uh. the, the children, I feel, because the children feed so much off your what you're giving out in the day, don't they? So if the day starts off wonderfully stressful and with, you know, low grade bickering between parents, essentially, it's not going to not going to have a stress free end. Um, so I think it, you've hit the nail on the head, just communication prior to you know, Christmas day and trying to put some things in place to get through and out the other side without having a complete blowout um, is necessary for us anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, I think just before we started recording, we were talking about, I was talking about a chat I had with Mother Pucker about social media and her book, the uh, Mm. book Underbelly. And I was saying, you know, one of the biggest learnings for me in spending time on social media for the last few years has been to be okay with being misunderstood. Mm. Now, I think this is really important. This, the, the fact that actually, you know, sometimes your, your husband won't even understand why you have to do this yoga or whatever it is. He might not get it. He might judge you because he is not you. Mm. You know, but I think so often we're so fearful of being misunderstood that someone else might judge or be confused at or like, yeah, just 
maybe think that we're wrong in the way that we are prioritizing a need, but actually we know that this is important regardless of whether other people will get it or not. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know what it's like to be you. He doesn't know what it's like to carry what you do. He doesn't know how heavy that can feel sometimes. You know, so therefore, yeah, he might, he might not get why you need to be doing these things, but do you need his approval? You know, ultimately you're doing it because you deserve rest, you deserve space and the kids benefit. So actually that's, it's about love really. Mm. You're so, I mean, you couldn't be more right. You're so right. Knowing what I know about myself, I know that that's something that I've seeked, I think, through my entire, Mm. entire life is people's approval whether it be my mum's approval for a decision that I've made, even my children's approval for something that I'm doing, and definitely my husband's approval, because in my head, I just want everybody to be happy with all of the decisions that are being made. Mm. But I know that's not sustainable anymore, because as you quite rightly said, he doesn't know what it's like to be me. My mum doesn't even know what it's like to be, no one can know what it's like to be you, can they? And I have to, this is something I definitely need to work on. I have to work on being okay with other people not being okay with my decisions. Yeah. And I think in time, and this has been utterly, like I, I absolutely relate to everything you're saying about it's all, it's just, you've relied on this. You know, it, it does not come naturally. I have not been this way. I have just had to learn and had to make decisions. And, and even if, you know, I'm sitting there on the sofa or I've, you know we've invited people around and I'm like you know what? I'm just going to get ready made everything and that's so against what I've learned what other people do that I I've made those decisions anyway mm-hmm. despite that and I've thought you know there's got to be another way and I've got to sit with that fear of judgment and I've got to you know we're doing for Christmas we're buying everything from cook amazing I love cook you know everything is going to yeah. come and it's going to be in a like in a roasting tray or whatever to go in the in the oven and I'm not I'm not cutting a sprout you know I'm not we're not going to do that and my wonderful mother-in-law who's coming you know she's she's very much a make everything from scratch mm-hmm. and that's great and she might not do it how I'm doing it but I know for my sanity for my enjoyment of Christmas and therefore the kids you know what they absorb from me on that day this is what this is what we're going to do. And if we go around to their house next year and she makes everything from scratch, I will, I will wholly appreciate that. But no, you know, no one is me. No one is us. No one has, you know, yeah. Therefore it's just slowly finding confidence in this and realizing as you go along that actually, you know, the day doesn't crumble because you've done it differently. Mm. Yeah. Or because someone's judged you or they haven't understand your they haven't understood your decision or your motivation mm. or your heart behind it. Because they as long as you're kind, as long as you're doing things kindly, mm. then yeah. Mm. That confidence comes in time. Mm. And as you start to realise that actually your voice and your needs are as of equal importance as those of the people around you who you care about so much. Mm. I was even thinking the other day, right, what am I going to put on the table as a table decoration? And I know I have not got time to do this or even think about it. Like just shove a few candles on the table, Emma. It really yeah. doesn't matter. 
And I know if I try and attempt it, I will half-ass it and it'll look horrendous. You know, get get your toddler to do some of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've got a tree next to me now that's literally got... uh, it's all gold and silver and then it's just like all these red baubles plonked around the bottom the kids put on there and brilliant you know, I just say oh cool I'm not going to fiddle around I think my husband's like right we need to reshuffle I'm like I can't bothered that's exactly the same with what happened to us we let Amandine basically decorate the tree so it's all in one clustered bit at the bottom yes and I was like you know what it's gonna do that's that's brilliant it's 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 inspirational she's put them where she wants to put them my husband comes along nope we've got to move them all <laughs> So he did. But, you know, I think there's some things that I just think I, it, it can be how it is. It doesn't need my attention. That is one thing I don't need to change. Yeah. And what are you buying yourself back? And I think that's it. Exactly. When you're cutting corners, when you're letting good enough be good enough, you're buying something back of yourself. There is something then that you didn't spend mm. that you can spend later. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not spending that emotional energy, that physical energy, you know, on Christmas day. I'm not, we're not spending that physical energy in the kitchen that I find it so hard doing the maths. When's this got to go in? When's this got to come out? When you've got a basis. And I, I you know, I'm letting my husband do that this year. I'm delegating. And, um, but, <laughs> but do you know what? I'm buying something back of myself and I don't even know what I'm going to have to spend that on yet. It could be a tricky family dynamic with my parents. It could be, you know, one of the kids is overtired and having tantrums and, it takes a lot of energy just to be calm, to be there for them. Mm. You know, I'm buying something back. I don't know what for yet. I'm not sending Christmas cards. I've not done it for three years. I felt so guilty the first time I was pregnant, I was heavily pregnant. And I was just like, no, I can't. I just can't. Something's got to go and it's got to be that. And every Christmas card that dropped through the letterbox had to sit on my hands mm-hmm. because everything in me was like, I'm just going to write one back, I'm just going to write one back. And I thought, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So I think I put something on Facebook saying we were donating the money, which is actually quite a lot of money doing Christmas cards and stuff. It is, yeah. That, that we're not doing Christmas cards anymore. We're donating that amount of money to, I think it was shelter. And I've not done it since. And it's so liberating. Mm. It's so liberating. And I've, I've bought something back of myself that I've probably already spent (laughs) on the kids, you know, but actually it is it, you know, our time and our energy and our emotional, mental, physical, whatever, it's a currency. We need to save a bit more because we're always spending it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're completely, completely right. One thing that I do is, um, when I need a bit of time is actually listen to the therapy edit, which I wanted oh. to mention on here because, you know, I followed you for ages. Um, so I, I knew about it, but just in case you don't, because they're fantastic short snippets that you can listen to when you're starting to feel, well, this is when I listen to them, when I'm just starting to feel myself get a little bit tingly, a little bit, you know, towards the rage and your calming voice, but also what you're talking about just helps me to ground back down again and think, you know what? Nope, not today. This is not going to happen today. This can come out somewhere else, but not around the kids and around my husband. So thank you for that. But um, is there any particular episode um, of the therapy edit that you would really recommend people listen to around the Christmas period? Maybe the rest one that you've just put out Mm. actually would be a really good one. Yeah, so the rest one, five ways to get rest when you can't. And then I did 
one last week was on kind of five ways to have a less stressful Christmas and it's on many of the things that we spoke about but I've also got a little um kind of bite-sized guide with four little videos on all of this as well it's called how to have a merry and perfect Christmas and it's Mm. also about like reflecting on the last year and doing so because often I think when it comes to new year we start looking ahead and making promises to ourselves and then we start reflecting back and often doing quite critically and it's saying you know one of the sessions I was saying when you reflect back do so without judgment and with compassion because I think it's so easy to be frustrated with ourselves of what we feel we haven't done all those moments that didn't go how we wanted to and then often in retrospect we lose the the memory of what it actually felt like to be us mm. in lockdown mm. in those you know with those challenges and that uncertainty and there's been trauma and there's been grief and there has been absolute loss of you know sharing milestones and oh gosh there's just been so much loss so it's just I guess it's just a call for us to be gentle and compassionate on ourselves as we reflect and also as we look ahead and I think often when we talk about you know letting go of like perfection there's there can be fear around well well what's Christmas going to look like then like what what's it going to look like if I'm just like oh sod that and actually you know letting go of perfectionism isn't about just dropping all our standards Mm -hmm. um it's about it's about taking into account our humanness in it all you know because I think uh, I saw something the other day and you know when something really hits you and it said my mum sent it to me it said perfectionism is one of the highest forms of self-abuse now oh my gosh I mean isn't that such a it's a powerful powerful message but isn't it true when we are just Mm. seeking and striving and pushing all the time and there is the human part of us going I can't I can't I'm overwhelmed I've got nothing left you know, I just need to stop. And we're, there's this other part of us that is going, no, no, go, 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 more, more, more. And I think all we're trying to do when, it, when we come down to it is we're just trying to feel worthy mm-hmm. of good stuff. It, when we feel rubbish, our reaction is often then, let's have a better Christmas. I'm going to plan it even more. I'm going to make this brilliant. I'm going like, to almost buy back the last year by creating something so wonderful for the children or so perfect. And actually, we're just saying, we're just, yeah, we're totally overlooking the limits of our humanness mm. and the magic, as Brene Brown says, the magic that is in the mess and the mundane. And it's, yeah, we just miss out on life mm. when we're striving for something that we just can't possibly fulfill. And often we have to be told by other people, don't we, when we're really striving too much. I was in, I went to Darts Farm, a local farm shop two days ago so I was like you know I'm going to make a wreath everyone's coming to our house I've got a three-year-old and a seven-month-old but I'm going to make a wreath uh-huh. <laughs> so I went to the florist and I grabbed this big bag of moss just and she looked at me and she went I had both kids with me I was wearing one wearing Elwood and I had Amandine just holding my hand and she goes why are you buying that and this was the lady that owned the shop and I was like oh I'm going to make a wreath she's like do you really need to be doing that I mean, you're, you look, you're, she said, I don't mean to be rude, but you look quite tired and your hands are clearly quite full. And I was like, I know, I know, but it's Christmas. I'm going to make a wreath. And then off I toddled, bought my moss and then I got home and I was like, you know what? 
she has a point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do not need to make a wreath for the front door. What am I doing? I do not have, you know, I'm prioritizing making a wreath, which took me half an hour of time when my child slept, when I could have been doing yoga or I could have had a bath yeah. or I could have showered once in like three days. Yeah. Yeah. But instead I made a wreath. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm often asking myself, you know, do I need to be doing this? And then there's a part of me that's like, yes, of course I need to be doing this. It's an absolute mess. But there's, you know, sometimes it's just even asking yourself the question of what is this costing me? Mm. What is this costing me? I'm shattered. So therefore my, you know, I'm depleted. So therefore making a wreath today is going to cost me a heck of a lot more than it might do next year. Mm. You know, can I afford it? Can I, can I afford this? Mm. And I think just, you know, even writing that down or oh, you're putting a little something on your hand so that you're just seeing that and you're prompting yourself to, to ask that question because we go with our habit. So if our habit is to strive and to do, when, we un- when we're not checking in on ourselves, that is what we're going to do. Mm. I'm going to stick it on my fridge, I think. Can I afford it? Can mm. I? Can you afford this? Can you afford the time, the energy? And one day you will. And I think that's it. You know, also there's a fear that I say a lot with my coaching clients and on the podcast, I'm like, it's not not forever, just for now. You know, not always going to, never. it's not like you're never going to be able to make a wreath again for your front door if you don't want to do, if, if you want to. You, there, there will be other opportunities, but actually this year is too expensive. Mm-hmm. I could talk to you all day. (laughs) I literally could talk to you all day about this. This has just been such a brilliant conversation, not just for me personally, but I am sure for many, many, many mums, partners, dads, carers, parents who are listening, even grandparents who are listening. You know, it it really does relate to everybody, doesn't it? I mean, it's motherhood. Yes. Yes, it features hugely. Of course it does. But actually... In everyday life, even if you haven't got kids, it absolutely applies. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason, you know, I talk about this all the time is because I ha- I'm talking about it to myself all the time. Mm. You know, I'm having to go against my own grain. We're not only going against our own grain in so many of these things, especially if we've struggled with people-pleasing and perfectionism, fear of judgment. So we're going against our own grain. Now that takes energy. It's literally like going against the flow, but we're also going against the grain of culture, mm. you know, in our economy that thrive and that, that thrives off us feeling like we're not doing good enough. So we need more. We need to push more. We need to work harder. We need to buy more. We need to always be more. You know, and it's the whole thing about my book, Know Your Worth, is about stripping all of that back. Mm. You know, so this is, I'm, I'm having this conversation with myself all the time to varying degrees of success, but it is a conversation I will probably be having with myself for the rest of my life. Mm. But because I love my family and I am learning to respect, value and love myself, it's, it's one I will put energy in, into having. It's really, really important. Life-changing, mm. actually. So there are two other questions that I wanted to ask you before we wrap this up, if you have time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
one of them is if you are sitting here listening to this podcast thinking I just I just don't feel supported I I feel it nowhere how can we feel supported over Christmas whether it's supporting ourselves or whether it's um, trying to communicate with others to let them know to help us feel supported what what would you recommend I think firstly know what in what way do you not feel supported Mm -hmm. is it emotionally is it you know is it practically and how can you verbalize that firstly to yourself you know make a statement to yourself of I feel unsupported in the practical load of Christmas what do you need you know what do you need I need practical help okay so who can you who can you talk to about that who can you, because I think often these things come out sideways, don't they? It might be like, you don't understand. Or, you know, it just, it comes out sideways in that moment of maybe there's a, oh, and where's the brandy butter? And then it comes out like, well, you didn't do any of the shopping. I've done all the shopping. It's blah, blah, blah. And it just comes out in this kind of tidal wave of, of un, unexpressed feeling and unmet need. So if we can think, what is that need? Where, how can I express that? Where can I get that need met? Who around me can can meet that need? And and maybe for a single parent who's looking around, going, and I, I don't I don't have someone to take some of that load off me. Okay, so how can you reduce that load for yourself then? What mm-hmm. corners can you cut? What what can you not do? Because I think so much of of Christmas is often about tradition. Mm-hmm. Now tradition it. Tradition only needs to be kept if it's still serving us. You know, it was like me in the tradition of sending Christmas cards. I never questioned it. I just carried on doing it. You know, are there any traditions that you're sticking to that actually don't really have a place in your life anymore? Because, or at least not for now, maybe another year. You know, how can you literally lift some of those things and shrug some of those responsibilities off and be like, you know what? We're, we're going, we're, you know, we're going to a restaurant for Christmas lunch. Mm-hmm. you know or yeah so what what is that need how can you express it where can you turn to and don't undervalue you know the ranting and the raving to a friend because I think often we think you know there's no point in crying about this getting upset about it talking about it because no one can change a situation for me but in talking about things we're externally we're processing it you know, there is so much value in the rant on the phone to a friend when you're stomping around, you know, around the block because you're about to explode because you're externally processing it. You're having it heard. You're having it valued. And you might even gain a bit of clarity or that someone might give you a bit of wisdom that's just quite grounding or bring some insight. And so, yeah, I think that's some some little things to do. Thank you. And lastly, you share so much of this and your own experience over on your Instagram, but also you have the Mother Mind Way, is that right? Yeah, the Mother Mind Way, yeah. Mother Mind Way. So tell us a little bit about that, because that looks like an absolutely huge support to mothers out there, especially over the Christmas period. Yeah, it's just it's just a collection of resources that I have produced in response to different conversations I've had with coaching clients and therapy like therapy clients over the years on social media where I speak to and communicate with you know thousands of mums each week 
And it might be that I've got lots of little videos, so like 45 minute videos on things like really popular phobias, common phobias that people, popular is not quite the right, the right word really, is it? Um, really common phobias that people have around health anxiety and um, phobias that people have around driving or sickness, you know, really common issues that people are talking to me about. And I, I guess I've just produced videos and there are some little guides with like journaling points to really help people understand anxiety what is it why is it always not a, not a bad thing what can we do about it how can we equip ourselves and there's stuff on worth and people pleasing and um intrusive thoughts and I've got a guide for mums called the happy the happy new mum guide and it's all about the shifts that come after having a baby and emotions and the conflicts and the challenges and relationships and the guilt and how can we yeah how can we get tools and insight to help us thrive as mums when we're giving so much so the mother of my way is basically a like a library of resources and videos and guides and things that I've produced because I know not everyone can access therapy not everyone can afford a coaching session with me for example so how can I yeah it's just I've put it all together so that people can hopefully access it um, for themselves in a way that is affordable and accessible what an amazing resource thank you so much thank you and thank you so much for coming on I really really appreciate it I mean I like I said I could talk to you for at least another hour (laughs) I'm very aware (laughs) that you are very 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 busy very busy um so let's wrap it up but thank you so much for coming on I really appreciate it as do everyone listening it's been an honor and a pleasure and yeah it's it's always good for me to hear it you know swear every time I speak out I'm listening to mm. so we all need this stuff I need this stuff um it's so it's so important and yeah I hope it's helpful thanks for having me Merry Merry Christmas everybody thank you so much for listening and for all of your support this year if you have a moment please do subscribe rate and review it really makes a difference and helps us to get these conversations into the ears of those who really need to listen Tune back in next week.